Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we have beers that have journeyed from the north country of Adirondack, New York, from Adirondack Brewing Company. Aptly named. They, I love it when they really make it succinct for us like that. So... Today we have uh, a bobcat blonde, a bare naked, and one is just called, uh, I think, Dirty. Yes, it is, in fact, Dirty. But, uh, Mark, these are um, souvenirs from your birthday adventure, correct? Yes, uh, I acquired these when we were up in Lake George at the back at the beginning of May. Outstanding. Um, now, did you guys stop at the brewery, or did you just kind of pick them up in a local store and bring them back with you? No, we had dinner there one night, and uh, their setup was a bit odd. Um, they So, like, I mean, it's a brew pub okay. type setting. And then, like, right at the front of the door, they have, like, a bunch of bottles and whatnot. But they don't have, like, a register set up right there. Interesting. So you got to, like, take it to the table with you? Yeah, so what I did was I inquired with my server about it like oh i wanted to take some beer as yeah. you know to go home and she was like oh well i can put it on your check and then you just grab it and on your way out the door and uh okay. nobody nobody asked to see my receipt or anything uh-huh. after i just picked up three six packs near the door and walked out with it so Love i probably could have gotten away with more but that's just bad karma dude yeah, yeah. we're good people you don't, you don't need you don't need bad, bad beer karma <laughs> but basically, I was like, "Oh, how do I, how do I get the how do I pick up some of the six packs?" And they're like, "Oh, we just ask somebody in a green shirt." Like, okay, that that was how unorganized that part of the place was. So, okay, that's understandable then. Um, so we're gonna start off with the Bobcat Blonde, which the bottle tells me is a light-bodied, smooth lager. Mark, you have any more of the details on it? Yeah. So the the Bobcat Blonde is a pilsner. It's 4% alcohol. It's only got 15 IBUs. And it's uh, inspired by the Pilsners of the Old World. The uh, brewery itself was started by uh, John Carr uh, after he spent some time, you know, deadbeating around Europe after school in his uh, formative years. Otherwise known <laughs> as living the dream. And uh, after he got back to the States, realized that he couldn't get any of the actually tasty European-style ales that he had been drinking while he was over there. And that's why uh, he picked up home brewing, and the brewery grew out of that. Excellent. That's always a good thing. So the uh, the Bobcat is uh, light-bodied with a subtle bitterness and the uncanny ability to pair with a wide variety of food. Aroma is kind of just your sort of a standard beer type aroma. I get a little little bit of hop aroma on it. Yeah, it it's made with noble hop varieties, so that's yeah why it you know it's just beer. I think this yeah <laughs> I you know what you say it's just beer, but to me that's really exactly what it is. It's tastes like a standard pilsner that you get pretty much anywhere, um, and. But maybe just a touch better because it's it's made at home. Yeah, know? it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a good beery beer. I mean, this is honestly for me the style of beer that when I first started drinking beer, maybe not want to drink beer. But as I now that I understand beer more and I have an idea of what's out there, it's kind of nice to get yeah. like a really good version of a standard beer. Yeah, I agree. It, it's uh, quite crisp and 
I could definitely drink a lot of these. Yeah. I'm sitting down I'm sitting down with a with a pint of these for dinner or a couple of these while I'm watching the game. If you said it's a brew pub, maybe while you're hanging out watching the game, you're drinking these. Are you guys getting a little bit of citrus? Like right in the middle of the right in the middle of the taste? Like a tiny bit? Let me try that one again, see if I get anything. I just no. I mean I get some malty sweetness and some hot bitterness, so I wouldn't say I get citrus notes. I'm gonna no, not even like lemony a little. No, I don't. I don't think I get. There's that little bit of astringency from the hops, but I don't really see get feel any of that. Get see feel any of it. No, all right, <laughs> just me. I mean, it's not definitely not a strong flavor. It's just something that sort no. of like hit my tongue randomly. Yeah, uh, most of the sips that I took. Um, I think that's just the hops. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me. I think I'm gonna go with a um, with a bomber on this. Is you know have two of these, you know, maybe pair it with dinner and be good and have something else for after dinner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pint. It, like I said, it's a, it's it's nice to have something that's kind of classic, but I'm I'm not gonna be interested in having another one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a bomber as well. Uh, like I said, it's light and refreshing. I drink two of these easily. And then uh, either I'm going to call myself done for the day or I'm going to move on to something else. Speaking of which, we're now going to move on to the Bear Naked Ale. That's right. You want to pop that open there, Kev? Yeah, sure. And it's bear, like the animal bear, so I like that even more. Correct. Yes. And I got to say the bottles are pretty cool. Mark's apparently drunk because he's dropping his we're phone. Getting, we're, we're, we're I getting, almost did it a second time in a row. <laughs> we're getting raided. That's right. Um I gotta say the bottles are nicely done. They have some cool, uh, like National Geographic kind of pictures of the animals on there. So the bobcat one is there, and the cat looks like, uh, you know, the cat looks like he's ready to punch you in the face. The bear is just kind of chilling out, and I didn't see the other one. Nah, the dirty does. Dirty, nah. dirty just has it's, hops on. It. I would Great. really hope that the one named Dirty didn't have pictures of animals on it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're gonna find on that one. Ooh, I like the color. Yeah, so uh, the bear naked is an American amble. American Amber. Amber. This is number four today, people. As in the alert. <laughs> uh, it's 5.2% alcohol with 30 IBUs, and it's a medium-bodied amber with a brilliant copper color. Brilliant copper colors! With a high proportion of mutic malt to create a crisp beer with a toasty and slightly fruity backbone. Now, Munich is one of those malts that is, it's roasted a little bit, but it's not... It's not even on the darker side of the spectrum, right? It's not really dark, no. Kind of like the firm middle of the ground? Munich is the the darkest malt that is still capable of converting its starch into sugar by itself. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely not a darker one. It uh, it, it tends to lend a little bit of a uh, a little bit of spice to it. Sometimes when you it, it repl- can replace biscuit, I think, right? Or is that Munich? Yeah, yeah, Munich gives you a strong malty flavor in the finished beer, which is why I am quite fond of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think of Munich malts and I think of um, like Oktoberfest beers, yeah, and stuff yep. like that, and Marzins. Yep. Um, and this beer is, I feel like, maybe, you know, an American hop version of a similar kind of thing. Yeah, I had this uh, at a, a local joint uh, before we even made it to the brew pub right. while we were up there. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's quite nice. 
uh, nice drinking, very crisp, and yeah, just all around good. I mean, for me, uh, I'm gonna call this a growler. Yeah, it's um, it's again a very I say standard only because there's nothing necessarily like that would strike you as crazy about it or 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 quote unquote interesting, but it's a really good malty beer. I mean, the aroma was just slight, gave me a slight malt, and you have a little bit more malt and taste. So, um, I like malty beer. I'm gonna I'll probably call it bomber. I think for me, I'm gonna go with a pint on this one. It's it's. All, everything that you guys said it's got all it's got that nice malt flavor it's got a little bit of bite to clean it up but i think i just want one of them and maybe it's just that there there isn't something that really makes me go i have to drink more of this and find out a little more and what's that last little bit of the flavor i feel like i get it you experience it in the sip and in the one pint i'm gonna have experienced that beer and there's not gonna be anything else hiding in another one Right, I also, but I also think that this one is another one of those ones where we can, you know, especially because it is a, a darker beer, like, you know, it's darker than the blonde for sure. Right. Not a dark beer, but darker that you can yes. start to sort of get someone to understand the differences between a beer that uses those middle-of-the-road malts mm-hmm. and then the blonde and say, look, this you taste the malt on this. Right. That's what you're getting from those, those additional uh, um, grains. Or just, hey... Here's this amber-colored beer. Drink it. Notice how it's not thick. Right. That too. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced anyone complaining that amber-colored ones are thick. Usually it's got to be a little bit darker before I hear anybody start to complain about that. But um, Yeah, but generally once a beer is darker than like golden in color, people are like, oh, I don't like dark beers. Yeah, I think that it definitely gives them uh, a feeling like serving this to someone in a uh, opaque glass and saying "Don't look down." Yeah, I think a lot of people would be surprised when they look down and saw the color of it. I'll I'll, I'll give you that one. I think I, I think I can get behind you on that. Um, so what's the last one that we have here? The uh, the dirty. Yes, yeah, so their dirty is in an American pale ale. Okay. It is five point three percent with forty IBUs, and it is a. Uh, just a classic take on an American pale ale made with uh, American ale yeast and uh, Cascade and Centennial dry hopping gives it some grapefruit and citrus flavor. Hmm. Have you have you had this before the tasting now? Uh, I did have one of the six pack previously and it is definitely a pale ale, but I I'm not going to have any trouble drinking my way through the rest of the six pack. Yeah, I'm interested to uh, getting uh, being able to identify the, the centennial in a dry hop area would be interesting. Well, when you take when you take a whiff in the nose, you definitely pick up, you know, those um, you pick up those those sea hops. Yes. What was it the uh, centennial? What was the other one? Cascade. Cascade. Yeah, you you get that that distinct American hop. Yeah, you, you get the pine and citrus. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's a really nice golden straw color. It's bright, clear. Yeah, just taking a whiff of that over and over. I just, I, it's it actually again. I always enjoy the smell of it. Right. I don't necessarily always enjoy the taste. The smell sells me every time. I'm like, oh, this one's going to be different. And then I take a, take a, a sip, and it's and not it's, it's not bad. It's but it's not it's definitely but it's not, not my different. Thing. It's yeah. always what it is. Right. Um, which is a little bit floral, a little bit different than 
you know, it's if you've had the if I feel like it's one of those. I'm, I hate this because I don't think it's really a good descriptor because I'm describing it by what it is. But once you've had Cascade and Centennial hops a couple times, like you realize, like that's just what this flavor. That's the flavor, and that's what it is. And it's slightly floral, and that's it. Like I just don't really enjoy it. The pine part st- always sticks around yeah. for me too much. See, I don't really find it that bad in this particular beer. Like it's there, but it doesn't stick to my mouth like uh, a lot of IPAs do. I I'm I want to like break one of these bottles and scrape my tongue. I don't think I'm I'm gonna say I'm firmly in the middle between you guys. Like I don't really want. I'm gonna finish my taster, but I don't really want a whole lot more than that. But I really don't. I really want to like even in between sips of that, I want to chug some water to to rinse it out. I don't want to damage my myself with well, while glass. i'm dr- while i'm drinking it i enjoy it because i definitely as soon get as the, you finish the sip soon as, as soon yep. as i finish it it gets it goes from like a a pine re- pine of two to a pine of like eight yeah. and then it feels like the longer that i wait in between sips the 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 kind of incrementally more that increases uh i you're entitled to your opinion <laughs> i appreciate that I mean, so yeah. I mean, I kind of know where you guys are going, but I'm gonna kick us off here, and I'm gonna call this a pint. I could drink one of these, no problem. But after the one, I'm gonna want something else. I'm gonna join you with the pint because I'm gonna drink it pretty quick. Because, like I said, while I'm drinking it, I I enjoy it. But it's really, honestly, after it's over, the flavor that ends up staying in my mouth. The good news is, I'm definitely ordering another beer right afterwards. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm gonna go with the taster on it. I don't want the full pint of it even. Um, in fact, if I was looking at the board and there were more than more than if I could get the full f- flight and not have that one, I probably wouldn't go with it. And just cause I just looking, if I read that description on it, I'd probably say, yeah, that's not going to be my thing. And I don't feel like I missed out on something here either. Um, but overall, I want to say that the beers that we have, they seem like really good examples of style and straightforward i'm gonna say simple but not in a derogatory term just this is what they are they're simple basic beers that just say come enjoy if you like this flavor you enjoy this beer go that's it done move on yeah i mean the uh the pub food was very good and uh, again like i was alluding to the the system for purchasing the beer to go wasn't the greatest I wasn't entirely informed of all of my options of what I could buy to take home at the table. So I would have liked to have gotten a uh, a 22 ounce bottle of their fat Scotsman in Ooh. place of like the dirty. See, right. That sounds but, interesting. But uh, I didn't know that that existed until I was on my way out the door picking up the six packs. And then I saw the stack of 22 ounce bottles uh-huh, uh-huh. and I was like well this place is a zoo I'm not going to bother like trying to fight my way up to the bar to pay for this 22 ounce bottle because again there was no register uh-huh. where they were selling the merch and uh, I just grabbed my six packs and went out the door so they got to get somebody with a little uh, with a little square reader to hang out by the door to take care of merch and beer distribution and then then keep doing what else they're doing in the back yeah, I mean, it's definitely a place worth checking out if you're up in that area for a, a summer getaway. Um, there is a lot going on in the town between Memorial Day and Labor Day. 
not so much in the beginning of May <laughs> when we were up there. But uh, definitely a cool place, nice place to visit. I'll go back at some point. And, uh, yeah. Were you aware of any other breweries like in the area? I know up like upstate, there's a, there's a ton. I just that particular area where there are other options in Lake George, not really. There are some other breweries, um, sort of in that neck of the woods, but nothing very close. Where I was like, all right, let's go drive over there and check out that place. Yeah, the problem is with Central New York, nothing is right there over there where you can just drive over there everything is get in the car and go 40 minutes yeah so like <laughs> on our way up to lake george and on our way back we drove past a couple of towns that had other breweries that i'm aware of but you know clifton park yeah it, i keep saying i gotta stop in there and it, it's but again not uh within such a proximity that i was like oh let's just take a ride over there or Let's stop in while we're at it. Did you pass? I, I don't know what route you took. Did you pass uh, through uh, by Roscoe? We just up eighty seven, basically. Oh yeah, so you definitely did. Yeah, it's right off of. Uh, that's a throughway, right? No, yeah. Roscoe's off seventeen. So seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. Roscoe is west, man. Like you got to go west to get the. Uh, you get on, take eighty seven north, and then you go west on seventeen. That's when you hit Roscoe. It's, when it comes to upstate, it's like the only place I've ever been. Yeah, upstate New York. So right. like, I, it, I, I have no idea where yeah. it is in reference to anything. That's not else. even upstate, man. <laughs> I know that, that's southern tier. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. You, you talk to the people upstate; they yell at you. Oh, I know. You Actually, know? I've been I've been yelled at for that you before. Know? And you tell the people, you tell the Central New Yorkers that they're upstate; they get frustrated too. <laughs> you know, Westchester's the best Chester. Okay. I don't think I've heard that. <laughs> no, no. no. Oh, I definitely have. Maybe East Chester might be a little better. You know, Westchester has to be better because I've up until maybe three years ago, I'd never even heard of East Chester. <laughs> I figured it had to exist, but I think there might be a North Chester as well. It's also my friend Chester. Yeah, but he's definitely <laughs> not the best Chester. Yes, he is. I love him. He's I, the best. Um, so um, I think this was a good sampling. We have a little bit of time here, so maybe I can give everyone an update on my uh, my brewery situation. Okay. Oh, yeah. You uh, we're ready to go there, right? Looking oh, almost. Almost. I thought I was really ready to go, and I kind of could be, but it would be a real shit show because I need a basement down there. I need a basement. I have a basement. I need, yeah. I need a uh, sink down there. Okay. So that I can um, have some place for the like the the chiller to empty out into and all that. And if anybody's ever tried to put a sink in a basement that's below grade, it's kind of a pain in the ass. You have to have a pump to pump the stuff up because of gravity and shit. Fucking gravity. Um, so I'm, Damn you, Newton. Yeah, seriously. So I'm uh, I'm a little bit, still a little bit off. The brewery itself is done. Totally, right. totally wired. Works. I was giddy like a schoolgirl. You didn't electrocute yourself? Did not electrocute myself building the brewery, only putting in the outlet. Did you ever do your boil off tests or no? No, I did not because again, I don't want to really screw around with the water down there until I have um, the sink set up and everything. It's just gonna make life way easier because I want to use I want to use a full volume for to test the amount of uh, water that boils off. For those of you who aren't home brewers, it's part of the calculation in um, figuring out how much grain to use and how much water to start with. Um, so no, I haven't done that yet. Unfortunately, I also have to set up some sort of uh, basic exhaust system for the steam so that I don't just make my whole basement like Cuba. <laughs> I honestly, for the, the hour long boil, I don't think it's going to get any worse than when you used to just vent your dryer into a tub of water. <laughs> yes, it definitely won't, but that still sucked. And we'd like to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm envisioning a box fan essentially with a um, sort of a reducer down to a hose, and that'll go out the window, and that should take care of um, the steam enough. You know, while you're at it, you should probably just get some air filters that you can bungee cord onto the front of that box fan and make some jerky while you're at it. That's an important life choice. You should do that. I'm not messing around. If you if you want to try that, I'm in. It's the method Alton Brown recommends. Okay, let's and do it. Does it must be true. Absolutely. So I have to run a couple of um, my brew table is done because that's the easy part. Having a wood shop down there, right? <laughs> Made my brew table. It's going to have a little spot where the grain mill can go in. And I can mill the grain through. It'll be that'll be interesting. And uh, I just have to did, run. Did you make the plug yet to put over the hole? When I'm not using it, yes, I did make that. I use that as a template to make the atta- the grain mill attachment. That's the thing I was I was telling these gentlemen earlier that I screwed up. It's all right. Yeah. Wood. It's renewable resource. So, Stupid wood in your grain. Yes. Of course I have to do this the most complicated way instead of attaching it to a piece of plywood and just using a bucket like every other person. Nope. Um, no, I have to make it complicated. But I'm going to hopefully How this else week, are you going to use all those toys? <laughs> true. Hopefully this week I'll wire up the outlets. And then I'll not only have that set up, but I will have my um, brew pie fermentation controller set up. <laughs> brew pie that's the name of the software it's not mine that's awesome yeah it's uh obviously spelled with p-i yes um and uh so it's it, not brewpy it no it's run but with a little little tiny raspberry pi computer and arduino so i'm excited about that i had to wire that all up with wait it uses both both oh i the, thought it was one or the other no there are versions that just that just use the brew pie but um the brew pie is essentially the server and then the because uh, people just in case you didn't know, I'll be able to check the the te- current temperature of my fermentation refrigerator anywhere in the world. That's a thing I need to have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only if you can make adjustments from, on the fly. I totally when, can. When you're in Cuba. I can. I totally can. Um, it's going to be amazing. So uh, that's got. I got to build a little enclosure for that, but I'll have that done too. So my goal is for uh, um, the day after. Uh, the Sunday after our July Fourth party that we're gonna have um, to uh, to brew that day. That's my goal. So I'm hoping that hope I, hoping that I get there. Do um, you know what you want to brew? Risky strategy, cutting. Let's see how it works out for me. <laughs> yes, I uh, I do know what I want to brew. The first thing I'm gonna brew is a Roggen beer. Okay. And very shortly afterwards, I'm gonna brew the second version of the oatmeal stout that I entered into the uh, the competition. Nice. That we talked about. Sounds good. I made a lot of changes to that recipe, so that'll be interesting. I like that oatmeal stout. That was good. I'm on a quest now. For oatmeal stouts, and um, I noticed that uh, um, Bobby up at uh, Po' Boy just put a new oatmeal stout on tap. Yes, I did see that. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be going up there pretty soon to check that out. So I've been now comparing my oatmeal stout, which I will say is a good beer. Are you gonna bring a bottle and be like, Bobby? No, try my beer. No, honestly, after having a couple of really good oatmeal stouts, ones that are like, you know, rated very highly by the BJCP, I don't even have an oatmeal stout. Like, I can't even count it as an oatmeal stout. <laughs> My favorite is still the the one from Browns. Oh yeah, that was a good beer. We had that on here, right? Yeah, we had that yeah. on a podcast from uh from Troy, New York, man. That's still that's still like that's the one that I that's my comparison. Like when I want to taste an oatmeal stout, it's gotta be better if you want to say it's the best, it's gotta be better than that one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. The uh Simply the Best. What's it? Samuel and all the rest. <laughs> Samuel Smith's Sam um, Smith's oatmeal stout is good. That one I had that side by side with mine and Wow, it my I kept tasting mine and just being really disappointed. <laughs> that's really I mean I I get it, but that's really hard 
line to like put yourself up against. Well, that's game, like saying yeah. that's like getting upset that you don't shoot the same score that the pro golfers do. Yeah, you it, know, like it's the second. It, it was the second beer I ever made, and the first, and definitely the first oatmeal stat. So right. I'm I'm happy with it. But you know me, I'm a, uh, a you're a bit perfectionist. Of a on so, it, yeah. but yes, I uh, hopefully will brew again soon. And um, I know uh, at some point Mark is going to be splitting off his uh, his pro pre prohibition porter. Yeah, when I find the time, I gotta, I gotta start siphoning that off. I also gotta, I still need to troubleshoot my uh, electric brewery controller to figure out what the hell I screwed up with it when I uh, turned it on without having the temperature probe connected. Yeah. So that it stops telling me that the temperature of the liquid in the pot is at negative three hundred and seventy-three degrees. That's awesome. Don't you kind of wish it were though? Because that would be awesome. Because <laughs> if you're doing that, we're making icebox. Exactly. <laughs> that would be that would be a hell of a beer fridge. We, we should have beer popsicles all the time. That's never a good choice. Have you ever done that? Accidentally, yes. Yes. Yeah. We did that out in college. We would stick beers out in the snow all the time to cool, keep them cold. And sometimes the morning after, when you need a little bit of the hair of the dog, you grab one and you get a beer sickle. You know, beer slushy. Not a good life choice. No, definitely not. Not as good as wine slushies. Wine slushies are good. Never had one, but I can imagine them being a hell of a lot better than a beer one. There's less carbonation. Well, there's no carbonation, so it wouldn't have the the bubble effect. New York State Fair. The bubbles. Wine slushies. Really? Oh, yeah. Ooh. And, of course, since it's like 90 degrees because it's the middle of the summertime when you're drinking them, and you have to drink them in the tent, and you don't want to leave the tent. Like, you want to get out of the tent because you don't. It's 900 degrees. Super brain freeze. Super brain freeze, and you're pounding these wine slushies. And then you're going out and getting some corn dogs and seeing some mullets. Oh boy, it's a good time. We're gonna do it one of these years. Business sometime. in the front, party in the back, baby. <laughs> and on that note, it's time to go. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Beertastic Voyage. And Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and cheers for local beers. <laughs>